Thank you for sharing your stories, guys. We don't take them for granted. In fact, we appreciate that you trust us with your stories. Please welcome to Metro FM clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Matters Center, Joanna Cleovolu. I hope I got it good right morning, today. Everybody. Joanna, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Nice to have you me back on the show again. Welcome back. Great. Can we look on the side of families that have a family member with a mental disorder? It's not unusual for them, for instance, to totally not be able to deal with it. What are some of the challenges that some families uh, face from the, off the bat? Sure. I think just as a starting point, just to realize that the statistics show that one in five people in South Africa possibly have experienced a mental health problem that has been or hasn't been treated in, in um, with care. So, and that's why we have talks like this to destigmatize mental illness mm. and to create a w- awareness um, in a way that doesn't discriminate the person, but to find more information so that we can get the right kind of help and that we can move forward and, and not live with conflict understanding and respect. Mm. Joanna Melanie here. Um, as you said, you know, there's a lot of stigma attached. What are some yes. of the reasons you find that families who, who have a family member who has a mental disorder tend to want to hide it from people or not sure. share the information? So I think if you think about how mental illness has been portrayed in the, in the thousands of years, we talk about, you know, extracting blood from the person and putting them in straight jackets locked up in a, in a home or in an institution, um, there's burning them at the stake, thinking that they've been bewitched. So those very um, old stories can be very frightening and very entrenched in our psyches. That's, you know, if you think about historically where that comes from. Secondly, it's also very fear-based. Mm. So we think about um, when we hear about people that have murdered or attacked or have been aggressive to discover that they've either had schizophrenia or they, they became delusional in some way, um, it's, it's very rarely that people with a psychiatric illness have violent acts, but because it does happen, we then stereotype most people with a psychiatric illness. And with lack of understanding, we then put people in boxes. Mm. Now, <coughs> excuse me. we have a, a tweet sent in by Rose. Rose says, dealing with bipolar in the family is so stressful. Uh, m- manic episodes, denial, mood swings, being I- irrational, you name it. So we find out a family member is bipolar. Where do we start? I think the first thing is to get the right diagnosis. Yes. Because there, there could be many reasons for the person to have mood swings. For example, people with diabetes, mm. with untreated diabetes, have the fluctuations in their sugar. So it's very important that we disclose or do we discard any biological problems. That's step number one. Yeah. Number two is to ensure that we get the right diagnosis. No problem. No problem. Sorry about that. Cool. The second thing, so it's getting the right diagnosis. Shame, man. Sure, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I think I need some TLC. You must do what I do every morning. I gargle with sherry and it keeps my voice clear. Oh, goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) The third thing is it is a chronic illness, which means that we need to encourage the patient or the person in the family to take the medication every single day without judgment. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay, okay. Joanna. <laughs> so and then, when, and then yeah. to understand that when the symptoms do manifest, typically irritability is a very big one, um, that, you know, we need to go back to the psychiatrist, you know, make sure that, that the, the, the symptoms are, are treated accordingly. Mm. And if you find that you are losing touch and you're not coping very well, 
then admission wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. And it's unfortunate with the snippet that you had earlier mm. that the person felt very forced mm. into or tricked into going into a psychiatric institution. But generally, by South African law, we have a right to refuse treatment, number one, yeah. as human beings. And unless you are, there's a, a great concern by family members, um, there is a way that you can be admitted for 72 hours, but then you can still refuse treatment thereafter. So, I mean, that's not the point. The point is to get the right kind of treatment so that you can live a, a, a life of, of satisfaction and and a sense that you're contributing mm. to your to your circumstances. Mm. 656, that is the voice of Joanna Cleovolu, clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Matters Center. We're talking about mental health, uh, specifically within the family. How is it affecting you? Yeah. Uh, having a family member who all of a sudden has a breakdown. Yeah. Um, what does that do to your family unit? We'll be back with more from the doctor after the news. We continue talking mental health and how it might um, affect you as a family, as a couple. We're hanging out with clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Matter Center, Joanna Cleovolu. Joanna, um, we were talking about the effects of uh, mental disorders on the patient. Now, can we just quickly shift focus to the family? When it comes to counselling for the family, how does that come into play? Okay, so can I refer back to the insert of the lady that said her mum was diagnosed with depression and she didn't realise that her behaviour was very much about that rather than how it affected and how it hurt her all her life. And I just want to refer back to that because... It's so important, and it goes back to us destigmatizing these illnesses, is that for many children growing up in a home where a parent or a sibling or a family member has got a psychiatric illness, that person's thinking, feelings, and actions get profoundly affected. And the child that interprets that will personalize that, and they will then think or interpret it as, my mom doesn't love me, Mm. um, I'm a bad child, and... Often what that does to the child is that it impacts their self-esteem. Mm. They then personalize it or they become very overly responsible and parentified taking care of that adult, which, is, which has major issues as the, as the person grows up. Sure. So, so it is so important and it, it really does take a big toll on the family and not to underestimate how this affects everybody. But it's to understand that it's, there's no shame in having a psychiatric illness as there is no shame with having diabetes. Mm. Once you have the diagnosis, we can then treat it accordingly we rather talk about things rather than sweeping things under the carpet. Mm. Yeah. I tell all my patients, when we, when we keep things in the dark, mold grows. Isn't that where mold grows? Sure. Mm. When we bring things to the light, things lighten up and that thing eventually disappears and the shame dissolves. So it's really important to understand that there's no shame. It's not your fault. This is a biological as well as a psychiatric illness that can be treated mm. and can be managed. And yes, it does affect the, affect the family. And it's so important as a person that's in the family system to ensure that you take care of yourself. So in terms of family support, there are psychologists, there are family clinics, there are um, doctors, there are psychiatrists, and as well as your, your priest or your, your um, spiritual, spiritual leader that you can connect with if you're finding yourself in a stick somewhere. Mm. There is always help. Governments have got some clinics um, you know, that have been placed in areas where perhaps you're kind of remote. So you never feel alone. Always reach out for help. Mm. If you can't find the help, there's an organization which I speak very highly of. It's the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. They're a national non- non-profit organization that you can uh, connect with, and they can put you in touch with the right people in your area. So now, whether you've got medical aid or not, there yeah. is help for you. Mm. Now, when you look at, for instance, a family member who has Alzheimer's, 
and the deteriorating in front of you. Yes. How do, as a family, we deal with the guilt associated with having to decide whether it's time to let go and let professionals, for instance, look after my loved one? Sure. So I know it sounds quite clinical me saying that, but we, we talk about the risk versus the benefit. You know, is it, is it beneficial for the person to be staying at home in our care? And or is the person going to be, um, you know, losing out on, on thorough care in, an, in, an, in a home or in mm. a specialized facility? Yeah. So it really is important that, you know, you, you need to control and you need to take care of this person um, inadequately versus, you know, letting go and surrendering to what is is a very important step, but it also goes with grief and loss mm. and what that would mean um, in saying goodbye and gradually saying goodbye to the person that you, how you, in, in the way you knew them. Mm. Mm. So it is a process. Joanna, how do we offer support if we're not directly affected? So it's not a family member, for example, but we may have a, good, a best friend, somebody who's going through this. Mm. How do we offer support in practical ways to them? So I think first, is, first and foremost is to be non-judgmental. You know, it's to listen with, a, with an open ear, to reflect back, um, perhaps, you know, if you know that the person likes a certain thing, to, to make time to touch base with them, take them for a coffee, um, sending them encouraging messages, um, ensuring that they feel not alone, that you are there to support them in the background. But uh, it's not necessarily by doing, but just by listening as a starting point and coming across as non-judgmental. Um, and, and if you can draw on your own resources, you know, if you know of someone in your own family that has struggled with a mental illness, is to maybe share some of that. Mm. Make that person feel that they're not alone and that you know, it's a shared experience, a collective experience. But Joanna, when it comes to assisting someone, more often than not, them having admitted it and uh, you know, um, you know, um, yes. made made peace with it, sort of goes a long way. How then do you deal with someone who says, "But I don't have a problem. Leave me alone." Yes, that's, denial is often the biggest uh, problem because denial is a major defense mechanism that doesn't allow us to see the reality for what it is. Mm. So I think without, what, what we would be tempted to do is to, to enforce treatment or to blackmail or to, yeah. um, to get aggressive. It's a natural instinct because of frustration that you're feeling internally. But it's to consistently um, provide loving care, communicating accurately, and to, to give some feedback around, you know, did you notice yesterday when we were in a situation that perhaps the way you were interpreting that the way that you saw that was quite extreme and we mm. are very concerned for you and we see that you are suffering um, and then to plant these 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 um, these messages to that person so that eventually they can actually recognize it themselves and often I call it life or the universe gives us feedback mm. so whether it's you know broken relationships whether you know you're being fired at work whether it's um, you know, everybody giving you the same message. And you realize, okay, but maybe I am the common denominator here. Yeah. Perhaps I do need to reach out for help. And it's not a sign of weakness, and that's what you can encourage. It's not a sign of weakness, but a, a major sign of, of um, courage. And that, and that although it's not your fault having this illness, um, you do have a choice in how you're going to manage with your illness yeah. going forward. And it will alleviate a lot of your own suffering. Sure. So if we can communicate that rather than... Um, withdrawing, which is typically what happens all getting very aggressive, mm. and understanding that every human person has a right um, to, to choose how they're going to care for themselves based on the human rights um, and our constitution, um, it's just to be very, very patient, but also to take care of yourself and to ensure that you've got your own personal boundaries and that your need for safety is also paramount. Mm. So jo it's really important that you, 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 can, you can choose this relationship and separate the illness from the person 
but that your rights are not being compromised mm. and your safety and your family's safety is not being compromised. And that mm. is a very big one. Joanna, we are out of time. We're going to leave it there. But thank you so much for your infinite wisdom, as always. We'll chat again soon. I appreciate you make, uh, giving uh, people that wisdom as well and sharing. If people need to get in touch with us, we are on uh, www.psychmatters.co.za or on 011-450-3576. Thank you very much for your time. Psychmatters.co.za. That is Joanna Cleovolu.